November is a good time where we reflect on what are called the last things. We, we have what are called the four last things. What are the four last things? Four last things. First, death. Second, judgment. Third, heaven. Fourth, hell. The four last things. And I'd like to add a fifth last thing, purgatory. Only purgatory does not last forever. That's why we don't call it a last thing. Purgatory is it's kind of a midway point between earth and heaven because the souls in purgatory are destined for heaven. So that's why we say heaven is a last thing. So when, first of all, many of us don't even think about death. We're all going to die. It's a reality. Okay, so that's, that's the first thing to put us in our place. We're all going to die. The thing is, it's not so much... It's not so much that we're going to die, but it's how do we live? How do we want to die? See that? So whatever you do right now will lead to how you're going to die and will lead to your afterlife. See that? So like when we focused on purgatory, uh, us Marians, we focus on purgatory because it's our charism. That's why Father Chris will speak and speak and speak and preach and preach and preach about purgatory, because it's one of our charisms. And if you heard Father Chris, I'm not going to repeat everything Father Chris said, because I'm going to give my own homily, not Father Chris's homily. He has his own way of preaching, I have my own way of preaching. But it's, it's just the reality. We're trying to make these truths evident to you so that, so that you can focus on, how do I live? How do I live right now? What do I do? And there's two ways of living. Two ways of living. First, either you could be selfish, live for yourself. Or second, you could be selfless and live for others. See that? Selfishness or selflessness? Which one do you want? So here, Jesus gives us an example in the gospel today, where you see in the scribes, and the scribes are full of pride, and they want to show themselves. They want to show that they're holy, and yet they're devouring the houses of widows, and they're reciting lengthy prayers. It's all about themselves. See that? They want all the focus to be on them. It's all about selfishness. Whereas the widow in the gospel, she's all selfless. She gives everything that she has. She gives what's called a mite, which is kind of like a half a cent. She gives everything she has into the treasury, but it was all that she had to live on. And so she gave more of herself by giving to the treasury. And that's why Jesus, he commends her because she gives all of herself. The, the widow of Zarephath in the Old Testament, where Elijah comes to her, and Elijah wants some bread, and she's, you know, she has a little bit of flour. She only has a little bit of oil. All she has is a little bit. And she said, this is it. And then once, once I, I give this, I won't have anything else to eat. And Elijah says, your, your jug of oil will not run out. And she had to have faith in Elijah's word. She had to have faith in his word. So that when she baked him a little cake, and she fed the prophet. 
Then it was multiplied. Her jug of oil did not run out. She did not experience the, the famine and the death that was all around her. When you trust in God and when you give a little bit to God or to God's servants, then the Lord will bless you. He will multiply you. He will multiply every little good thing that you do. So how do we become selfless in this life? Very simple. In November, think about the deceased. Think about the souls who have gone before us. Souls in purgatory are suffering. But they're in purgatory, they're repentant of their sins. So they realize what their sins have caused themselves, what they have caused others, their offense to God. They're repentant now of their sins. They're suffering for their sins. But their poor souls, they're helpless because only we can help them. So by our prayers, by our good works, by offering masses for them, by our sufferings, we can free the souls in purgatory, or at least lessen their sins. At least lessen their sins by gaining for them many partial indulgences. If we can gain a plenary indulgence, that's really great. And I think Father Chris preached about that, if you've heard Father Chris's homilies about what an indulgence is. So the more that we give, the more selfless we become. St. Francis de Sales says that when we pray for the souls in purgatory, we, we do all of the works of mercy. We do all of the seven corporal works of mercy, and we do all seven spiritual works of mercy. So when you pray for a soul in purgatory, you're feeding the hungry. You're giving drink to the thirsty. You're sheltering the homeless. You're welcoming the stranger. You're praying for the living and the dead. You're visiting the sick. You're instructing the ignorant. And on and on and on. So when, when you pray for the souls in purgatory, you're, you're going outside yourself. You're becoming selfless and giving something to them. What do you receive? Like you can have a Peter syndrome. What's in it for me, Lord? If I spend all my time, if I spend my Sunday praying for the souls in purgatory and not watching NFL football, what's in it for me? Okay, that's a selfish. What's in it for you? Kingdom of God. Because if you release just one soul from purgatory, that soul will pray for you for the rest of your life. And do you know you can watch football and pray for the souls in purgatory at the same time? How can you do that? Commercials. Mute the commercials and pray for the souls in purgatory. And then unmute the commercials and watch your football game. I'm, I'm a football fan. I'm a sports fan. I love sports. And so is Father Chris. We both love sports. But you can pray. You can pray even as you're watching football on Sunday or soccer or whatever you like. I, I don't know what sports you like, what, how many people are watching here. Whatever sports you like, you can do that. You can relax. But you can pray at the same time. See that? It's selflessness, it's thinking about others. Jesus said to St. Gertrude, the great, I don't know if you've ever read St. Gertrude the Great. There's a reason why she's called the Great. She was a Benedictine mystic from Germany, from uh, Helfte, and she lived in the 13th century, and she was just marvelous. She was a mystic. She offered so many of her prayers for the souls in purgatory. And she was a mystic. Jesus would appear to her. 
and she actually had the first revelations of the Sacred Heart. It wasn't St. Margaret Mary. It was actually St. Gertrude the Great had the first revelations of the Sacred Heart. It, it, was, it was just St. Margaret Mary had more about the Sacred Heart. But Jesus said to St. Gertrude that even if you offer, he said, even if you offer one prayer, one prayer, just one little prayer for the souls in purgatory, he said he is induced to release one soul from purgatory. If you just offer eternal rest grant to them, O Lord, let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faith of departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. One soul is saved right there, my homily. See that? You induce Jesus because Jesus wants to free the souls in purgatory even more than we want to free the souls in purgatory. But he wants us to pray in order to have the merit of charity, in order that we merit charity and love for them and we become selfless. There, there's a prayer that Jesus revealed to St. Gertrude the Great. It's called the, uh, I just call it the St. Gertrude prayer. And he said, every time you pray this prayer, I will release 1,000 souls from purgatory. 1,000 souls. And prayer goes like this. Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of your divine son, Jesus, in union with all the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, those in my own home and within my family. Amen. That's the prayer. Right there. Right there. 1,000 souls was released. And if you prayed it with me, 2,000 souls were released. And if another person prayed it, 3,000 souls. See that? And you might think, well, you're just saying that, Father. And, you know, St. Stanislaus Popchinsky, whose uh, statue is right here and whose relic is right here, who's the founder of the Marians, he, had, he used to visit purgatory, visit the souls. He would go back and he would say, brethren, pray for the souls in purgatory. He would lock himself up in his room. He would pray all kinds of prayers, do all kinds of sacrifices and penances. He said that there's more souls in purgatory than there are people living on the face of the earth. More souls in purgatory than there are people living on the face of the earth. I was at a retreat one time, and there was a woman that had an image. The Lord gave her an image. And she shared it with the group. She said, I'll never forget this. She said, Father, she said, I want to share with you. She said, there are more souls that are dying, that are going to purgatory than there are people on earth releasing them. There are more souls at every moment going into purgatory than there are people releasing them from purgatory. Maybe that's why I'm preaching here, to reverse that, so that we can have more souls here on earth Releasing the souls in purgatory, the more souls going to purgatory. How do we do that? What, what's something that we can do? I, I like to share this with you, not only for the souls in purgatory, but for your own soul, uh, for your own purification of your soul. And what is it? It's the prayer that you may already know, you may not know it, the chaplet of divine mercy. If you're watching here on live stream, you know the chaplet. If it's your first time, you probably, maybe you don't know the chaplet of divine mercy. Chaplet of divine mercy is the prayer that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. Why is the chaplet so powerful? Because it's an offering prayer. 
And if you look at the Old Testament, there were all kinds of offerings for sins. In the New Testament, we have the one supreme offering, Jesus Christ, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. If we offer that, that's the supreme atonement for our sins. That's what the chaplet is. It's an offering prayer. When you offer the blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ or his wounds, they, that's the salvation of the souls and purgatory. That's why they say the mass is the most powerful prayer for the souls in purgatory. That's why we offer the mass. But then when you have Holy Communion, when you have the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, then offer that for the souls in purgatory. Offer the chaplet. That's why we pray the chaplet of divine mercy at 3 p.m. right after our 2 p.m. mass here. Because we're offering Holy Communion for the souls in purgatory. We're paying their debts. See that? So as you pray the chaplet, you're atoning for their sins. You're atoning for the souls in purgatory. But you're not only atoning for their sins, you're atoning for your own sins. So what is sin? Sin wounds us. Every time we sin, it wounds us. It wounds our souls. Sin also wounds other people. And then sins wound God. Because we, we see the sacred heart of Jesus where his heart is crowned with thorns. What the chaplet of divine mercy does is it not only expiates for those sins, it atones for those sins. And there's a difference between expiation and atonement. So when you pray the chaplet, what it does is it heals the wounds of those sins within you and the wounds of those sins that your sins have caused others. And it also heals the sacred heart of Jesus. But it's more. It's more. It's not just expiation. It's atonement. So what does atonement mean? Atonement means that the relationship was broken. The covenant was broken. And atonement means to make one again. See that? So something that's broken, and now it's being put back to the relationship, the covenant relationship, is being one again. That's what we say at one minute at atonement. So your relationship with God and with others is now being repaired in the chaplet of divine mercy. That's how powerful it is. So it, 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 it heals your relationship with God, your relationship with others. But the chaplet of divine mercy does even more. So not only does it heal your sins that you committed, against others. It also heals sins that other people committed against you. See that? So we're sinned against. We not only sin against people, but we're sinned against. Other people sin against us. And when they sin against us, there's a wound. The chapel of divine mercy heals that wound. That's why we pray an atonement for our sins, my sins, and those of the whole world, those who have sinned against us. Okay? So now I'm going to reveal something to you that the Lord revealed to me on a retreat about two or three years ago. I've been sharing it with people in the confessional, and I've just been waiting for a day in which I feel somewhat healthy and I could preach it to people. And it's, and it's this. So every sin, we have to ask for forgiveness for our sins. 
We have to, and especially in the sacrament confession, we ask for forgiveness. But the wound of that sin is still there, okay? And so we have to make atonement for those sins. And, and a lot of people, when they have a conversion in their life, they're like, Father, how can I make atonement for, like, 60 years of sins, 70 years of sins, 80 years of sins? Like, it's just overwhelming, things I did in my past. And this is why the Lord revealed this to me on a retreat. And he, he actually had me first do it, and I, so that's how I know that's prayer. What you can do to atone for those sins, every sin of your life needs to be atoned for. Every single sin needs to be atoned for. What you can do is offer one chaplet of divine mercy for each year of your life. Each year of your life. Lord revealed this to me on a retreat, not coming from any book. And you start from the moment that you were conceived in your womb. So the moment that you were conceived in your womb, because there could have been sins against you in the womb. See that? There could have been sins of abandonment. Or say, like, if your mother wanted to abort you or didn't want to have you. There could be those sins that are lingering there. And so you pray the chaplet to heal those sins of your mother or your father or whoever did not want you, did not abandon, that abandoned you in the womb. So you pray for the effects of those sins to be totally healed. The effects of those sins coming from others and then the effects of your own sins. See that? So not only are you healing your own sins and making atonement, but you're healing also the effects of those sins upon others. See that? That's why it's great. For every single year of your life. Now, some of you are saying, Father, I'm like 85 years old. That's a lot of chaplets of divine mercy. That's 85 chaplets. I'm not saying don't do it all in one day. It, however long it takes you, however old you are, however long it takes you, if it takes you a month, two months, six months, a year, whatever you want to do. But if you do that, I, I remember I did this on my retreat. There was such spiritual healing in my soul. I, I cannot, that's why I think the Lord had me do it first. There was such a, just a healing in my soul by doing that. But you see, whatever little that you do on earth, even if it's just a chaplet of divine mercy for each year in your life to atone for your sins and to atone for those who sin against you, because you're not only atoning for your sins, you're atoning for those against you, and even offering up for the holy souls in purgatory, atoning for their sins when you pray the chaplet, will not the Lord be merciful to you at the hour of your death? You will see all those chaplets that you pray for the souls in purgatory. You will, you will see how you made a little effort to try to atone for your sins as best as you could in your life. The Lord will see all the little that you do. It's not the big things in life that's going to make a difference at the judgment. It will be the little things. It will be the little kind acts of love, the kind words that we say to another, the prayers that we pray, the sufferings that we endure, those are all the things that make a difference in life. And if only every day we could wake up and say, Lord, what is one good thing I could do for you today? 
Lord, what is one good thing I could do for another person today? Maybe for my spouse, my children, maybe for my parents, maybe for those who I live with, maybe a coworker. See that? The love of neighbor, it's all out there in front of you. You don't need to look out there to love your neighbor. The love of neighbor, it's right there, right here, right beside you, right next to you. Ask for that grace, at least by prayer. At least if we can pray by, by love in our prayer, then the love will come into our actions. So pray, offer your little widow's might, the chaplet of divine mercy, both for yourself and for the souls in purgatory, and the Lord will reward you abundantly after this life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.